Welcome to this week's Fit for Purpose. This week I'm talking to the Chief People Officer of SAGE, Amanda Kuzdin. SAGE is a company that's been working with us on the levelling up goals and is particularly focused on goal nine, which is all about extending enterprise. And as a market leader in cloud business management solutions and providing a lot of that software that keeps businesses of all sizes, frankly, going, particularly SMEs um, around the country and around the world, SAGE probably, as much as any business, is really fundamentally invested in opportunity, but particularly opportunities that small businesses can provide for themselves and others by being successful. More recently, it's really challenged itself on the wider role that it can play on tackling societal and economic inequality. And, and we're going to talk a little bit about that work, which is called Knocking Down Barriers. Um, but Amanda, welcome to the podcast. Great to have you as part of this. Tell us a little bit about what being a chief people officer means day to day and what it what it looks like at Sage. Yeah, and thanks, Justine. It's great to be here talking with you. So you, what it means to be at Sage and, and the role of chief people officer. So my role is really to think about how we can make sure we have the best and most motivated people working for SAGE and really thinking about how we support small and medium businesses and help them um, to drive the success of their own businesses. So it's very much thinking about the culture we create, it's very much thinking about the people we hire and the people, and the talented people we bring in, how we help them grow their career and develop and how we really make sure we get the best out of everyone in terms of, of meeting our goals and objectives, both for SAGE customers, but also for our wider communities and you in addition to leading the global people strategy ad agenda for sage i also look after sustainability and society strategy which is where we really start to think about the impact we want sage to have in the world and the opportunities we see to really drive meaningful change in the communities and with the businesses we work with and i think i, I mentioned in the introduction just how Sage's whole business really is about opportunity because it's about opportunities and business and entrepreneurship. But I guess there's this wider culture in a way that you just alluded to that Sage has got, which means it is going to look beyond its own business to having even wider impact. For you as, as someone who's, who's obviously joined this company and, and come into this role, is that wider culture and purpose part of what actually attracted you to, to joining Sage in the first place and, and for, for someone who's you know now part of this company and, and part of helping be successful what's it mean to you how would you describe that culture at Sage? Yeah so I think there's a few things there I, the, the culture at Sage is one of people who genuinely care and we're really proud of the you know the people we attract into the organization and the way our people reflect that the fact that they care as they work with our customers but also as they work with our communities and five years ago we set up um something called the sage foundation which was how we would really amplify our impact in the communities and through that all of our colleagues have up to five days volunteering paid for by sage that enables them to go and work with organizations and charities that are really close to their heart but also organizations that really help us drive um, where we see our social purpose. So last June, we set up a new society and sustainability strategy, and that was really aimed at tackling and focusing on three areas. So digital inequality, economic inequality, and the climate crisis. And through that, what we're really seeking to do is help 
both our colleagues, our communities and our customers think about how they can drive change in those areas. And we really can see the impact it's having. We can see our colleagues getting behind it. But we also know people often tell us one of the reasons they choose to join SAGE is because of the opportunities they've got to work with local communities, to local, work with local charities and to have that greater, greater input, really, and greater opportunity to make a difference in the world. And I think that's for me, that's part of what's really special about SAGE and, and special about the culture we've managed to create. Do you feel that um, the chance to be part of that SAGE Foundation is a big draw for people joining the company? In other words, it's part of how you get that wider talent pool interested in becoming part of SAGE. And, and you know, you talked about the, the different aspects of where it's, it's taking action. I mean, what kind of things practically do people get involved in and, and how's, how have they responded almost to the setting up of the SAGE Foundation? Yeah, and really positively, it's it's certainly you. It it it's really is one of the the areas that people, you know, that our colleagues are most vocal about and, and talk about externally. And we know it. We talk. You know, they talk to um, a lot of people about the impact they're having and, and what what they're doing. And and some you know, we we get involved in a range of things. But what we really want to do is is focus on these three big global issues that we've identified around you know, the digital inequality, economic inequality, and the climate crisis. And some of the things we do are thinking about how we can help young people. So how we can help young people think about their career, but think about careers and um, setting up their own business and think about the skills and experiences they need. So for example, we have a program that a lot of our colleague volunteers get involved with called Sage Future Makers. And we have had over, we have had hundreds of people all around the world, hundreds of young people go through that program where they start to think about how AI can help solve business problems and challenges. And in doing so, they really start to build up the experience and they start to build up um, some knowledge around how they could do that in their own business. And another area we've we've really worked on building is, is something called Sage Pathways, because we know that often people who've been out of work for some time find it difficult to get back into work. A lot of employers see gaps in CVs. They, you know, they, they just find it hard to think about how they can integrate people back into the workforce. And through our Sage Pathways program, which we have a number of people who volunteer and we also fund the program. We enable people who've been out of work to come along and enroll in our free workshops and we help them with interview skills, we help build their confidence, we think, help them think about their job search, and then often we help them find roles within SAGE as well, but it, it enables this real future generation of people to think about how they can get back into work um, and really enables our colleagues to help and support our local communities and what's really interesting in doing that you know when it's our leaders and our managers running some of those workshops and speaking to some of the people either on the future makers or pathways it starts to get them thinking differently about how they recruit their own team and how they develop their own people so what we're seeing is this really nice balance of being able to make an impact in our communities but also drive the cultural change we want to see at sage so the two work really well together I think it's absolutely fascinating. So, I mean, two points there from my perspective. Um, first of all, social mobility isn't just about young people. It's about people being able to get back on with careers. And I think the Sage Pathways approach is crucial because we are hopefully 
emerging from the COVID pandemic. We'll see what happens. But certainly what we already know is there's going to be a lot of people who, for lots of reasons, need to go in and do a different sort of role, perhaps, than the one they had before. And therefore, being an employer that understands how to bring people back, as it were, into roles and often maybe different roles is going to be is going to be really important and I think the second the second thing that really matters is this this win-win you actually talked about which I think is a hundred percent right which is it's not just people who are being supported and, and helped through all of this work uh, and them that are getting the benefit of it which they do Actually, it's great for SAGE, but it really helps your leaders right the way through the organisation themselves develop because they're able to understand those different pathways, those different people, and then get a sense of how, as managers and leaders, they're going to make the most out of that diversity and, and making the most out of diversity is really going to be the difference, isn't it, Amanda? You probably know better than me as a chief people officer between businesses that succeed going forward in the 21st century and the ones that don't yeah exactly and I think we have seen such a change you know we really expected to um we, we really expected to leave the pandemic with a, a lot of people out of work and and needing mm -hmm. to find work and whilst we're seeing some of that we're also seeing probably one of the hottest labor markets that we've that we've experienced so we're actually seeing you know lots of jobs available and we're really having to fight um, for talent to make sure we're attracting the very best and i think our ability to think differently about how we attract talent so for example we we partner with an organization called radical recruit who helps people who've either be you've know, suffered from domestic violence or periods of homelessness and those are often people who find it really hard to get into the labour market and what we have what we do is spend time um, helping those people with interview skills we help them with workshops we help them with um with some skills around financial independence and we help fund some of the work that Radical do but we also in doing that interview practice our leaders are starting to think about how they interview and how they help prepare people from more diverse backgrounds into the workforce and that's really starting to influence our own DEI our own diversity and inclusion strategy because what we really want to drive is this concept that we ultimately we want people who are really motivated by solving customer problems and those people can come from a real diverse range of backgrounds and actually it's better for us if they do if we can get different um, social backgrounds if we can get different um, cultures different ethnic backgrounds different ages that all enables us to better serve the, the problems of our customers because our customers come from all of these backgrounds and if we create this environment where people from all backgrounds are coming together to solve the problems together we're getting different perspectives we're getting different views and that really helps us build the culture we want and the success we want so you know that all of the work we're doing externally really does help us drive our our, our own dei strategy I just want to. I want to come back to this this wider role that Sage is playing on leveling up in a second, but just in terms of your reflections as a chief people officer and the challenges that that COVID threw at every single organisation in terms of yeah. how it kept going and, and hybrid working, do you feel you were better able to navigate those challenges because you're a company that does have that more diverse culture and, and you're doing these sorts of things you've talked about. Was it an advantage once COVID hit? 
It definitely was. One of the big things that we really find help us was our ability to listen to our colleagues. So we started a, a cultural strategy a few years ago, which is really founded on our ability to talk, engage and listen and get colleague feedback on what they needed to see happen and how we could respond to different things. And that really helped us during COVID. So COVID, during COVID, like many organisations, we pivoted very quickly to, to working from home, to serving our customers from home. But what we did make sure is that throughout all of that, we were constantly listening to our colleagues. So we turned on something called Always Listening. Uh, we have done pulse surveys and colleague feedback for many, many years. But what we did at that point was turn on a channel that at any time our colleagues could go and tell us what was happening, what they needed, how we could support them um, and what, you know, what we could do as, as, a, as leaders to help make sure that we navigated this period really well. And through that always listening, we went in as leaders daily to see what was there, what the themes are coming across. And that really helped us adjust um, and drive and make some of the changes that we did. And you know, we did things like wellbeing days. We made sure that people had the equipment they needed. We spent more time on engagement. So there's lots of things we did as a direct response to that feedback. And I think that was reflected, you, you mentioned earlier, some of the awards we were winning. We won awards in that period for how we helped our colleagues navigate through that. And I think that was all because of this ability to listen and take action based on what our colleagues were telling us. And I think it was a, a time for many companies um, and organisations generally where it almost underlined maybe how good or how bad they were in a way, you know, it really came to the fore, you know, when you had this external pressure, you know, strong businesses, you know, with strong leadership were able to, to pull together and make sure people could get through it. Um, I mean, turning to levelling up, Amanda, and, and all of yeah. that work that you're doing with us, which is fantastic. I mean, it's crucial to have leadership and it's crucial to have Sage part of this from, from our perspective. What's levelling up mean to you? T tell us a little bit about that and, and how it kind of ties back to that knocking down barriers strategy that you, you're putting in place. Yeah, and I think for us, it's really important that we, as you say, we knock down the barriers and we really think about who who we are best placed to help and support and how we can how, how we are best placed to make the impact so we really focus on small and medium businesses because we know them well and we work with them every day but we also are really thinking about either aspiring entrepreneurs but, and also entrepreneurs of the future so young people coming through education and how we can help those three groups really think about um you know what what the next few years are going to bring and how we help bring some break down some of the barriers for those groups and we're seeing some really interesting trends and we're seeing some really interesting shifts because you know our small and media businesses they tell us if we think about you know, one of our key priorities which is tackling the climate crisis they are really worried they are really worried about their ability to do this but we but they, they're telling us it really matters. So we interviewed 11,000 small and medium businesses and over 95% of us told, the, told us that having a really positive impact on the society, on the environment really matters to them and their businesses. But they struggle because they don't always have the funding, they don't always have the skills or mm -hmm. the time to do that on top of, um, on top of the demands of their business. So we've been really thinking about how we can help those small and businesses tackle some of those areas and some really practical things that we've set up a sustainability hub where we, we make sure that we get people who can provide advice and support 
who are experts in this field and they can help those small and medium businesses with free advice, free support to help them think about how they can get going on their own climate strategies. But we're also working with, with you know, partnering with other organisations like yourselves, but also you know, we, we issued a report um, earlier this year, or, or last year, sorry, with the ACCA and the International Chamber of Commerce at COP26, where we, we called on policymakers and large companies to help standardise and simplify things like carbon reporting and accounting. Mm -hmm. Because that way we can help small and medium businesses think about how they disclose, how they account for their carbon without making it really complex and really difficult for them to navigate through. So you know, I think there's some really positive ways that organisations can help small businesses navigate through some of these some of these changes. I think it's fascinating because often, you know, we have we talk about anchor institutions and often we, we think about them naturally in relation to places. So I guess SAGE is an anchor institution in the sense that you've got a big footprint up in the northeast and a lot of the opportunities you are creating in as an employer are exactly in communities and parts of the country where we wanted to see them. Yeah. But I, I guess as well, you're at the centre of that network of SMEs, aren't you, through what you're providing for them and that gives you this different angle of being an anchor institution that you're talking about and so you can have real impact yeah I th that's the thing because I think you know the small and medium businesses and the partners we work with we can get really close and see see the challenges they face and how how sometimes you big organizations and the government don't realize some of the challenges they face and some of the things that we could do quite simply that would make a big difference to them um, because their you know their intentions and their the impact they want to make is really positive there's just barriers in their way but if we can pull together across different organizations and help start to reduce those it'll make a big difference and it'll make a big difference for those small and medium businesses and i think going forward tell us a little bit about how you see that relationship continue to develop to develop obviously a lot of the time when people are thinking about leveling up they're thinking about government policy they're thinking about white papers clearly sage as a business and as an employer sits alongside if you like that that government push how do you see that interplay working from a, a sage perspective of, of that that kind of relationship people pulling in the same direction yeah, and I think it you know it works in a number of ways. So as you said, to see partnering with you and the Purpose Coalition, we partner with the WBCSD and really thinking about how we can, with other like-minded organisations, really pull together this collective effort. Because what we have is the insight and the data around some of the challenges SMBs face. And if we can pull together that insight um, and use that to help other organisations see the changes they can make, then this collective effort, I think, can make a real difference. But the other area for us is some of the more practical things we can do, either for SMBs, as we talked about, or for aspiring entrepreneurs, you know, people who are thinking about setting up small business and thinking about how they do that and some real you know some really practical support and advice so you know we've talked about things like um, pathways future makers i've talked about some of the the work we do through our sustainability hub and expert advice but we also know 
that by connecting um, some of these business leaders, so by connecting people who have set up and run their own businesses with people who are thinking about starting out and want some more support and a little bit, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of help and a little bit of advice along the way. If we can practically connect those groups of people together, um, we can really help and, and really support. And I think it's, you know, for us, it, it's just thinking about how we can how we can use our insights and our expertise and support to really help to really help you know, entrepreneurs and, and small and medium businesses do that together. And sometimes you know, we, we need to do that through partnerships. So we partner with an organization called Kiva, where we help fund small businesses um, from underdeveloped communities. We work with organizations um, called Ashoka, where we really you know, we, we fund and help support social entrepreneurs who are thinking about different ways that they can drive social difference in their communities and I think that's the key thing for us there's you know there's data and insight there's practical help and support but there's also partnerships and if we can keep driving all of those different areas then we think we can make a big impact on many different fronts. Brilliant points and data is crucial and we're well, we have launched our work on socioeconomic diversity and and getting more and more employers to report that but Amanda just for the, the 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 final bit of the podcast I really wanted to just ask you a little bit about your own journey you're now in this amazing role group people officer at SAGE um, you've got this broader remit as you explained which is fantastic I mean it, it allows you to have impact outside SAGE and and help the business do that as well as impact inside SAGE but when you were, you know, way back, as it were, in school, um, did you think you'd be going into HR or this kind of path? What, what were you expecting to be doing as a career? Yeah, definitely not, I think, is the answer. Um, gosh, yeah, and, and I feel, you know, I feel incredibly lucky that I've ended up in this in this position and, and having this opportunity. Um, you know, and I, you know, I, I grew up in my background. I grew up in Northern Ireland. I, I had a very normal, um, straightforward background. I was lucky enough to go to a grammar school. I had a you know, stable family and parents who guided me, but we certainly weren't wealthy. Um, I'm the first generation in my family to hold a position like this. And, and I think what that makes me feel is that I've had, I've got, a, you know, I've got a tremendous opportunity and I'm incredibly privileged to being able to get to where I am. But with that, I feel a real sense of responsibility, I guess, you know, I, you know, responsibility to help people who want to get into senior careers and roles, but maybe feel that they don't come from the background or the mm -hmm. environment where that is normal and, and help you know, help really talented people develop and, and get opportunities and get a foot in regardless of their background. And that's why I love working with organizations like Radical Recruit, because I speak to people there who just just don't have the confidence and, and aren't sure that they're going to be able to crack the interview and make the right impression and, and succeed. Um, and succeed in the corporate world and I what I really want to encourage people is from those backgrounds to really give it a go and and give support and help and I think it's you know what I feel really privileged to have is this opportunity to create difference but also this understanding and recognition that you know, there's a lot we there's a lot of change that's happened but there's a lot more we need to do to break down some of the barriers to break down some of the prejudices and I just feel this great opportunity to try and do that um, and to bring that 
to life and you know I've I'm in a position I've got two young kids and we find out a few years ago that, that my son was dyslexic and again that brings a great that brings a completely different angle for me so you know I've got much more empathy now with people who are neurodivergent mm-hmm. I understand a lot more first-hand experience of the of the barriers that that can create and I really want to think about and work within the corporate world and within the HR world to think about how we can break down those barriers. So, you know, I'm, I'm really enjoying what I do. I'm really enjoying the opportunity, but I do feel a real sense of responsibility to, you know, to, to identify those opportunities and really try and knock down the barriers, as we say, but you create, create that opportunity for a lot more people um, from and, different backgrounds to get and into. It's absolutely fantastic and, and brilliant. And, you know, when you, when you were, sort of building up your career did you consider doing other very different careers um and when did you sort of end up almost starting to go down down this route that you've you've done now how far back did that happen yeah and it probably happened so you I did a history degree I was planning on teaching at one Mm -hmm. point Mm -hmm. and I think it was this opportunity I started to get involved in more in organizations when I was at university that were helping helping people overcome difficulties and that mm-hmm. created for me this this what I saw is this opportunity to you know, to use HR as a as a path to start yeah. to, to create change but mm-hmm. also what I've always been really interested in is what 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 causes people to do the things they do why do they make the decisions they do and the background and that obviously naturally led into the HR field because I think here we've really got the opportunity to think about how we get people at their best and really starting to 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 make some change in the world and if you you know obviously you're talking to that younger generation a lot about what careers you know they can think about taking what would you say to that younger generation around a, a career in tech and the opportunities it provides I think a career in tech I think is it's incredibly exciting place to be because the pace of change is significant and there's always there's always a place for new ideas and new thoughts and I think that's the key thing I'd say to young people is you know, don't be afraid to share your views share your perspectives don't feel you need to fit in and be the same as everyone else in fact there's real benefit from being different and I think the opportunity to come into a tech space and drive some of those changes see some of those opportunities and operate at the pace that it does I think is really fulfilling and rewarding but people just need to be comfortable being themselves yeah and and last question from me would be so if you were giving younger Amanda Mm -hmm. some advice you've obviously you're in your you know your career obviously a leader um, now particularly in this role as chief people officer if you were giving advice to your younger self um what do you think it would be Amanda I think I would I would tell myself to stop worrying about what I don't know and focus mm-hmm. on what I do. It's so, you, I talked there about you'll be yourself and that's easy to say and much harder to do because so often we feel the need to conform, we feel the need to, um, you know, to, to act the same as other people, to do the same things in the same ways that they've been done. And it takes courage. It takes courage to say something different, to buck the trend, to, to, to be different. And that's what I would encourage myself to do. I, I constantly felt that I, I needed to know more. I needed to be like others more. And actually, as I look back, I think I should have been more confident in what I did know and in the views and perspectives I had and been more willing to share those rather than try and, and follow others. I think that's brilliant advice and it's really, really 
easy to to sort of focus on what you what you need to do and almost what you haven't done yet and lose sight of what you already have done what you already do know and and all of that so brilliant brilliant advice Amanda it's been fantastic having you doing the the podcast it's been a brilliant brilliant articulation of of what Sage is doing but I think also why a chief people officer and and this wider career of HR I mean absolutely is and and I think always has been from my perspective but is really such centre stage now for for any organisation so brilliant to have you on the podcast um thank you very very much Amanda Cusden from Sage thank you